Hey, Textual Healing. I'm your host, Mallory Smart. And on today's episode, I have Kyle Siebel joining me. He is the author of the very much hyped short story collection, Hey, You Assholes. If you haven't been on Twitter right now, you don't know the very fun happenings with the book, which shouldn't take away from how amazing it is. When recording this episode, the book was set to be released imminently by Bear Creek Gazette, and then that press closed, leaving his book in a bit of a limbo. The online community, being as awesome as it is, rallied around Kyle and his book, which is definitely still coming out, and a silver lining to all this is that he actually gained an agent throughout all this chaos. How about them apples? But more importantly, let's focus on the show. Kyle and I discussed the title of the book, and whether we should really like shout it like, hey, you assholes, or if it really should just be, hey, you assholes. Take questions from people who DM'd me. Get into the playlist he sent me on Spotify and so many other hilarious things because he is probably one of the most laid back guys I've spoken to. But I don't want you to be distracted by all the controversy or give away too much about the very lit episode you're about to hear. So let's jump in. All right, let's get this party started. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, I am I am a fan of the podcast since discovering it. So I have I've uh, I haven't like explored like the entirety of the back catalog, but I've listened to several episodes, and I'm just like. It's a nice podcast to listen to when you're walking your dog at night. It is the most random podcast ever, and I enjoy that about <laughs> me. I'm just like yeah. the least professional podcaster. <laughs> the um, I think it's fun that it feels like I listened to Graham's episode, and and it, and then it felt like a completely different episode than Bobby's, and then that felt like a completely different episode than Caleb's. It was just like, it's like, oh, cool. It's just like pretty much whatever, whatever. Like, Graham's, I don't know. If, did you guys even talk about music? Uh, I think we got a little into it. I mean, I have his playlist on yeah, my Spotify yeah. account. Like, seriously, my uh, yearly, like, Spotify wrapped is so confused now every year. Oh, sure. Yeah, because it's just like, because are you of into this emo? Podcast. Are you into shoegazing? What, what's going on? Yeah, I am. Um, my my Spotify wrapped was weird this year because of my because I got married in uh, 2022 and my wedding playlist was uh, just like something that we listen to a lot. And it's, so it's very like it has Bonnie Raitt and just stuff like that. I wouldn't normally have like, in rotation, um, you know, higher love, <laughs> you know, things <laughs> like things like that's like I don't listen to those songs, but like there they are in my top 20 this year. I got to say, I know that like you say, and that's what I appreciate about this podcast is that they're also different because you're also different fucking people. You know, I, I'm collaborating yeah. with you, but you are now in the club of at least five people now who have spoken about their weddings. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I know Graham had a story about a wedding. Yeah. And Duncan Birmingham mentioned that he used okay. to actually be a DJ for weddings. And oh, seriously? Yeah, we, we've definitely had some wedding talk, but that's because I got engaged. So, like, it was okay. a conversation at first of what what am I going to listen to? And I was like, fuck the baby boomers. I want to listen to my music. I mean, it's so funny. Um, 
when I was talking to Caleb for his podcast because he was mm-hmm. saying that his favorite jams are like kind of wedding songs, you know, like shout yeah, and everything. Bangers. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, dear God, no, you're not invited to my wedding yeah. if I ever have it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I it's not going to be like, played. So I think that there is a good chance that like we were very intentional at our wedding that that we were going to have we wanted we wanted it to be like very danceable music but like very fun so i i, I don't know we i played you know i did the i did the at my wedding i did the uh, the cowbell solo in lcd sound system daft punk <laughs> is playing at my house like so like that was like like so th- it was like that kind of vibe. There was um there was a moment where like Ali and I were dancing together and like we realized like the, the dance floor had just cleared and we were just dancing with one another. It was like this kind of weird surreal moment in in a, in a day full of surreal moments that but it was completely unplanned and people were like did you choreograph that? We're like no, we just we're just dancing. It was just crazy. It was just so like those kind of moments I think are really you can build those into a playlist and but also it just is there's like things happen when music is played when people are drinking and having in like in you know really like drunk on love and like the idea and concept of love like weird stuff happens when music i don't know i think that there's some kind of alchemical response there that i don't know i i find it kind of fascinating oh i definitely do too i would say the last wedding i went to you know i gotta say it was right before the pandemic it was my brother's wedding Mm -hmm. And he leaned into it. He leaned into the cheesy wedding songs very much. Just kind of like yeah. give the audience what they want. But yeah. I don't think I could do it just for the main fact that I am a very shy person. And my fiance mm. is too. And we just like kind of came to the agreement of we will not remember our wedding because we are going to have to take Xanax and everything to get through. <laughs> <laughs> like we will have yeah. to relive this no, yeah. through footage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, 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 it, it is, it is overwhelming. If, you know, like even for someone, I don't, I don't really consider myself. I'm not like a shy person or anything, but like, I do have, you know, limits on those things. You find them on your wedding day for sure. I was gonna say like, all the events you have to do, like the wedding. You have to do like all the photographs after the wedding. I'm not quite sure oh, yeah. why this all happens. I mean, there's just so many different levels, and then there's like. Yeah. pre-wedding cocktail hour then there's the like wedding wedding and then yeah. the reception and I don't know maybe my brother went overboard but <laughs> he even no, had no, like an after those, party no, we did too. all those things too yeah we did an after party as well we did we were like we had a karaoke after party yeah my favorite part about the after party at my brother's wedding is that my sister got so blasted that she kept telling everybody how much she loved it but she actually wasn't there <laughs> like we finally had to show her the footage and be like you were not at this party <laughs> yeah your, your memories of it are fabricated just like completely i think you've just heard us talk about it enough where you think you were it's there. like a christopher nolan movie i know really like you're i would love to make that there and you're like yeah that'd be cool <laughs> i can see it actually for sure and she will deny it to this day you know she'll, she'll probably just try and <laughs> find the footage and burn it <laughs> see i won't say which sister it is because she's actually very googleable <laughs> so oh nice is she, is she a listener uh hell no we don't support each other in a smart <laughs> family fuck that <laughs> dang actually All right. my All right. 11 nieces and nephews they support me and one of my sisters do. really does because she likes to hear if i talk shit about the family because she enjoys it 
Sure. I, I think that I I'm I did not know because you reference your nieces and nephews uh, occasionally enough like so that I was just like picking up on references and that I I didn't know it was so many. I thought it was one or two individuals. It's like a whole cast of it's like a whole. Yeah, it's, it's like a whole bunch of people. It is so intense. I mean, as an aunt, I'm not quite sure if you're really allowed to say this, but two are my favorite. <laughs> So they're the ones that are always, like, they'll come up with questions, like, occasionally, and, like, they pop yeah. up my playlist, too. But, you know, then there are nine more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dang. That's a lot. That's, like, a cheaper by the dozen type situation. You think it's bad wait till, like, Christmas and everything comes around. Oof. I don't know. And then it's, like, you don't know some of them really that well, and you're just having to be, like, right. I am your aunt. I know I don't see you often. <laughs> My name right. is Mallory. Yeah. Try and pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic, classic aunt stuff. Oh, yeah. It's my goal now, though. I would like to be the mysterious aunt who just kind of shows up to sure. stuff occasionally. And they're like, where is she? Oh, nice. Yeah. Cultivate like a mystique. Exactly. Especially because my fiance, he's an immigrant. We love traveling all the time. We live a very weird mm -hmm. lifestyle. So it's like, I'm just going to be that aunt. Or, like, they're never mm. going to know who I am. It's going to be like, oh, she's back, and she's got really cool gifts for everybody. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I like that as, like, a, <laughs> I like that as a personality trait. As Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah. Do you Not have just, like, a quirky aunt, but, like, yeah, so I've got several. I've got about as half as many as you do, and they're all quite young. Um, so I have two, I have, I have uh, four little blonde nieces and then i have uh two nephews-in-law i guess so ali has two nephews and now i now by extension marriage i do too and they're all kind of like um like i guess the the nieces are a little bit older like you know second grade third grade um and then and then and the nephews are quite young on all under three mm. damn that's pretty wild i find myself kind of like not knowing what to say to the younger ones <laughs> do you know what i mean like i don't oh, yeah like i like the the older ones i'm i can like you know the older ones especially one is uh, a read like a big reader she's like a she's a bookworm and i was i was a bit of a bookworm when i was a kid growing up too so, and she kind of you know sequesters herself off with a book in the corner and, and i'm you know like i used to do that too so I, I kind of so i feel like i have a shared bond with her and we chat about what she's been reading and stuff like that but the younger ones i'm kind of like uh, I don't know. <laughs> you see, you seem like more responsibility than personality at this point. Um, and I just can't, I never know. It's, I always feel like I'm going to do something or like they're going to ask me something and I'll say something inappropriate or, oh, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? As like I, aunt, I feel like I there's so much culpability too. there. I already am the corrupting yeah. aunt. I don't even mean to just words fly out of my mouth and I'll be like, oh fuck, I'm sorry. And even then my mom will look at me and be like, you did it again. And it's like, fuck, sorry. Yeah. I, I did not mean to say that <laughs> shit. Well, it's funny too. Like we were we were doing when we were talking about promoting the 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 collection and we were thinking about ideas for the video that we wanted to do. Oh, One dear of the ideas God. we had was What did you what do you tell what? your nieces and nephews that your book is called? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what we were we, we were gonna have. The, the idea was to record them saying, "Hey, you assholes!" Like so, and, and like <laughs> that would be that, and that was kind of like the fun, like the funny thing. So I, I we actually went as far as to get like four, four of the nieces saying, "Saying, hey, you assholes!" And they're all like, and two of them grew up in England, 
so they have these British <laughs> they have these British <laughs> accents and so it's just this I, and I was like I don't know if I can really quite trade on the just the pure adorability here uh, and I don't know whether it accomplishes anything for the for the book other than it just being <laughs> funny like hell. inherently funny and but yeah and, very, and so, very absurd. Um, yeah, and then we it was it was I mean like it was it ended up being abandoned, but I I think that it was like my I and also like you know my day job is advertising I creative advertising and I um you know I I will occasionally like you know have to like source like voiceover talent for for videos and stuff like that and I was using I was doing a scratch track one time and I ended up just asking my sister if if liberty my oldest niece was around to just read a version of the script because they always like to have like different accents different ages and so uh she did it and just like just like knocked it out of the park and she recorded this on like a phone in the in the closet during the pandemic and it made its way all the way through like all these approvals and we were gonna recast the voice actor we're gonna bring someone else in and at the end of it like i remember looking at like it got up to like the executive creative director and he's like (laughs) I don't think we can get a better take than this. I don't think we, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's, it's so, we had kept it with the, 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 like all the cuts of the video. And when it came time to replace it with something more higher fidelity, we just couldn't do it. So like, there's like a promotional video for the company I work for that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of views. It was used in many like ad campaigns. And it's like my, my, my little niece, like in like recording it over an iPhone. It's just, you know, it's not kind of, she just is uh she's an inspiration. Oh, that is totally how my, I was going to say my two oldest nieces. I think they're the oldest. But, yeah. Oh, I have this one uh, very weird artsy short film. And I was really shy. I didn't want to do a reading when I was down in Miami. I think it had to be, like, mm-hmm. 20, 2017. It's so weird when you have to, like, say the 20, then 2023 and everything. But then you have to remember, yeah. oh, 2017. But I was down in Miami, and I was like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to make a video of it. And it was fun, but I immediately was like, I don't have a mic. I don't have anything to record. I have, like, I had a really bad cold. So I just, like, Mm -hmm. messaged my niece, and I was like, can you read this really quickly and send me a recording? And the fun thing about that is her voice sounds just like mine. Hmm. Yeah, so everyone's like, you did a really great job. And I'm just like, sure, I did. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. I think stuff I love when, like, serendipitous stuff like that happens in the creative process. I think that's, I don't know, I, that's that's kind of why you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, God, I'm sorry. I, I just find it so funny that you have a book called Hey, You Assholes, and your nieces and nephews know about that. Because I, I have yeah. a book that came out, and... You know, it's like you forget that, like, the younger kids could start buying shit on the Internet. Sure. And my 10-year-old nephew was reading my book, and I had to, like, take it away from him. And I was like, no, this book is, like, rated (laughs) R. Like, don't read this book. And he was just like, oh, fuck. And I was like, oh, never mind. You can read it. Yeah, you passed the test. I I, I think that there's, you know, the title of the book is something that I, 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 I didn't realize was provocative or at least intentionally provocative until like I started doing promotion for the book and then I found myself feeling self-conscious of it uh, occasionally when I would have to tell someone you know like in a you know especially trying to find people who like bookstores that will want to book an event and like what's the name of the book and it's like hey you assholes and it's just as it just is weird like I, like it's not something that I can imagine Terry Gross saying you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. hard like I don't know if they can say assholes on NPR um <laughs> 
I think they could. But I, I, like, <laughs> I think that they, I think that they could. I mean, in a post-Trump we'll world, we can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I think that. Um, so yeah, I, so I think it's a pretty tame. It's a pretty tame swear word, though. It is though. I think the one person that I think who doesn't know that um, I think it will eventually may find out is Allie's grandma. Uh, Nan, or we are Nana, and uh, she's she just is like a, a really big part of Allie's life, and we're just real real fond of each other. She, I don't have any grandparents left, so she's kind of like she's kind of like my last grandma, and she's just really interested in our lives, and always she talks you know to Allie on the phone you know weekly. So I know it's going to come up that like she's going to ask what the book is called, and yeah, I just don't. I think you know we're just going to maybe just say stories by Kyle or something. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I, she, she's like a former nun. She would be scandalized. See, that's where I luck out. Where my fiance's family, they don't speak English, so we're yeah. good there. Hey, all right. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, I mean, book. I mean, that's like a hurdle when you do get translated internationally. Yeah, I just feel like it, it's about. I don't know. I don't even know what assholes translates to in Turkish, but <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I, I keep having them be like, they'll randomly speak Turkish to me to like, kind of like put me in the hot seat. And I'm just like, yeah, don't ever do this to me again. Just speak English. If you know, have you been, so have you been to Turkey yet? Or you guys yeah. have any plans to go? Yeah. Where did you, I've been, I was in Marmaris. I don't, oh, cool. What'd you think? Oh, I loved it. Um, yeah. We mainly stuck to Istanbul, but we did go to Izmir. Um, but yeah, that's where my fiance is from. That's where all of his family is. Is the language barrier like, is like a, is, is that like, are you learning Turkish? I'm doing my best, but I, I mm -hmm. mean, I gotta say like, I'm like, I sound like a five-year-old with the amount mm -hmm. of Turkish. I know like you could get what I want, but like, I'm not conversationalist at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, just I, I, yeah, that's that's got to be a tough language, especially because I speak it. You know, it's just like English. You know, we keep giving people shit for not knowing it. But like we speak it really fast. And like when they start throwing yeah. out words in another language, you're just like I caught house and bathroom. <laughs> those are well, dude, those are pretty big ones. Those are big ones. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and also I always catch cats. Because uh, in Istanbul, I don't know if you know that, it's the city with the most cats than any other city ever. Yeah, I feel like I, I yeah, it feels like a very feline city. Yeah, like all shopkeepers and everything there, like they're encouraged to just let cats come on in. Like we, we get mm. coffee and suddenly a cat just hops up on our table and it's like, all right, this is okay, I guess. That would just be hard if you had some kind of allergy. Well, we're lucky because we have a cat. So honestly, the entire time we just felt like we were cheating on her. And that was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> don't let, we're not going to say anything when we come home. Maybe she'll smell it on our clothes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dog always does. It's always very, a look of betrayal that follows. I know. It's definitely you cheating hoe. Why? Why'd you yeah. do this again? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know if my dog logs memories in that way, but I do feel like he does understand that every time I leave and don't take him with him, me and and then I come back and and I and like 
like the place I get my hair cut, like there's a dog and like it, it's like a golden retriever that will literally like go under like the like the barber sheet and just like beg for pets. And I'll come home and Casper always just is looking at me like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I it's so it's so it's it's so damning. Um, he's so convicting because um, his because his joy is so pure when he for his love for me. I feel like I could cheat on my fiance and I would get less flack than I get with my cat. Yeah. The yeah. stakes are lower. <laughs> it, it definitely is one of those things like where she trusts me so little that every time I come inside, she's like, hold on up. I need to smell your ass. <laughs> like, I got to know where you've been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But before we get into really weird cat shit and whatever the hell else we've been talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you should introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So my name is Kyle. Um, Kyle Seibel. I am a writer. I live in Santa Barbara and um, I'm sitting in my closet. That's very fun. R. Kelly style, as we said previously. Right, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe like if you were gonna like do any editing, maybe like say like all that stuff, like that <laughs> stuff I said about like how R. Kelly's like it's he's like really great. Like take all that stuff out. Oh, that's fine. I I won't say who it was, but somebody actually made me uh, be like, "Hey, can you take all this Kanye shit out?" And I was like, "Understood. Oh, yeah. Got it." <laughs> Problematic. Yeah, talk about talk, talking about problematic Chicagoans. Um, oh yeah, we we got them. This is one yep, problem. Yeah, you got a few. <laughs> you know, honestly, because another we, one. Oh my god! See, that's the whole part where I'm not allowed to like reveal shit that my sister does, but she she was kind of involved in that. She was involved in the Blagojevich scandal. Okay, I'll just say it really quickly. She's a lawyer. Yes, please. And a okay, uh, okay. prosecutor, and she was a part of the team that was actually against him. So, yeah. Unbelievable. That's yeah. cool. That is cool. Oh, that's yeah. like a Chicago, that's like a cool Chicago story. Dude, she has some like weird ass stories. I mean, apparently once she actually had to like deal with one of the Pence family members and shit. I didn't even know. Oh, interesting. From yeah. neighboring Indiana. It's just so fascinating. It's like, you know, go you. Go add mm -hmm. all the fucked up Republicans who are all corrupt as hell. I mean, we have a corrupt Democrats and everything in this city, clearly, too. But, <laughs> yeah. Your governor is so, uh, is, your governor is just like such a substantial body. You know what I mean? Like, he's such a huge space of a man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was one of those things where I was very shocked when he ran. And I literally yeah. got the text when I was like hanging at Pritzker Pavilion. <laughs> and I was just like, well, goddamn, he's going to win. But yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because the most money man, he's the big money man. I mean, I think he's decent as a governor just no. compared to we've had a slew of bad ones. For sure. Yeah. 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 No, there's, yeah. I think that I was, I, I'm making fun of him because he is just, I don't know, I'm, I'm not making fun of him. I'm just like giving him a little poke because he's just like, you imagine like, like a, a, what a governor looked like, you know, like you'd imagine like somebody like that, like an old land baron type, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I, that's what I picture when I picture like old New York governors, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, <laughs> oh, no. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm very fat positive. Okay. Like I'm not like judging this guy. Okay. Like he's just a, I'm, you know, you know what? I'm a fan. I'm a Pritzker fan. I'm, you know, I just, I'm just coming out and saying it. 
Hey, that's cool. We're all okay. Not everybody. During the pandemic, people got really pissed at him, but that's because he actually—it's so wild. He did it before New York did. He actually mm. shut us down. He got us to shelter in place, and it's like New York's the one that's having issues, and we did it next. Like, well, first, like, what yeah. the hell? But yeah. you know, we got it bad. It was really fun though, yeah. because I was one of the first people in the city to get it. So I got to wander the city while it was kind of like a post-apocalyptic nightmare. And you felt kind of protected because of your immunity. I wasn't even sure that I was that immune. I was just kind of like, you know, I've got it once. What are the chances? (laughs) (laughs) And Yeah, I mean, like three years later, like pretty high, I think. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, second shot. I was just like, I am dying again. But still nothing like what COVID was like. Oh, did you eventually, uh, you, because you, because you got it, the, one of the first strains probably. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't know how to actually, uh, obviously treat it at that moment. And our doctor, um, me and my fiance, we both caught it at the same time. One, it's hilarious because he was in Wisconsin, my fiance, and mm-hmm. he needed me to like come pick him up. And I just started to feel sick. And I was like, dude, you need someone else oh. to like, you, you should stay there or you should go somewhere else. I'm not feeling great. There's this, yeah. you know, crazy pandemic happening, and I don't think it's a good <laughs> idea. And he's like, it's fine. You're probably not that sick. And, you know, fuck him. That was, you know, I gave him <laughs> his warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, like, what you get, like, when you start a, like, old movie or something, and you get that, like, FBI warning. It's like, I, I warned him. You know, he's good. Right, exactly. Yeah. And he came that's, home at his own indemnifying. But, yeah. no, when we went to, like, our doctor, because I was like, God damn it, we are really sick. Like, this does not feel like a cold, yeah. a flu, or anything. Our doctor, like, refused to believe that we had COVID mm. because it was so early on. So, like, we went through, he was like... like, it's psychosomatic. Yeah, like, he was just, like, flu test, strep test, mm, don't have anything. Have you been to China? Like, that's how early on <laughs> it was. And then, like, finally... I like that. It's a, it's a sneaky question at the end. Like, it's... He said yeah. it was such, like heavily too like have you been to china like it's gonna be like yeah dude how accusatory <laughs> are you yeah very suspicious this doctor of your international traveling i am actually now one of his favorite patients because i was his first covid patient is there like a wall of favorite patients and you're like number or like like a he just gets like excited Every time he sees me, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. hey, COVID. And I'm just like, oh, my God, please stop. <laughs> but, COVID. like, That's I had no co- idea what to <laughs> do. Because, like, yeah. you know, he eventually, like, had us. And I'm telling you, like, it was, like, days where he's like, fuck it. Go get the COVID test. And I just want to be like, mm-hmm. it took us that long. And we did. And we immediately was like, oh, yeah, you got it. I have asthma. And so it was pretty mm-hmm. rough on me. And, like, yeah. I could not breathe. And I was just, like, I'm dying here. Like, with each breath, I was, like, this one's going to be the last one. And I was kind of, like, Ugh. getting to the point where I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I did call my doctor. And I was, like, every time I breathe, I think it's going to be my last. Maybe I should go to a hospital now. And I shit you <laughs> not, he was just, like, you only go to the hospital if you think you have pneumonia. And I was, like, I have never had pneumonia. How the fuck do I know? Yeah. And he's like, do me a favor. Don't come here. We don't want patients who've had COVID here. Put the phone to your chest and breathe, and I'll let you know. <laughs> that is, I mean, 
that's modern medicine. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I just, like, I have, like, it up to my chest and everything. He's like, I hear some wheezing and, you know, tightness. Maybe just kind of, yeah. like, get some steam. I think you'll be good. In hindsight, I probably should have gone to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. I mean, glad that you're okay, but that sounds pretty <laughs> severe. Yeah, honestly, it was just severe for a couple of days, but after that, now it's just a fun anecdote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's just Your like fun COVID oh, story. It was fun. Like I am ninety percent sure. Like there is this really annoying bitch. I think I've said it in another episode that I am ninety percent sure I gave it to her, but she was bitching me out. So it's one of those. I hope I gave it to you. So yeah, yeah. like I went to Serves the Walmart. Right like across the street because I was like I need Gatorade I know that's like my cure if I'm sick Gatorade yeah and I think it's a comfort drink it is and I'm five feet tall and for some reason they're very I don't know discriminatory against short people and they have it at like the top shelf I actually had to climb the shelf and I actually knocked a few other bottles off and I was like fuck this shit I'm not gonna try and, like, you, you could tell, clearly, I was sick. Like, I was pale, I was yeah, trembly, yeah, yeah. I was sweaty. And this bitch was just like, are you going to put that back? And I was just like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, I, yeah. I straight up just said that. I was just like, no. And she, like, followed me to the checkout area and got in my face. She's like, seriously, this is why people hate millennials. It's your fault. You're the <laughs> one who gives them a bad name. And I was like, bitch, back off. Wow. I know, and I was just Sounds like, like a... I even coughed at one point, and I was just like, fuck her. I hope she got it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's such a weird, I feel like that's a weird, a really weird uh, aspersion to cast on a single individual for an entire generation's misdeeds. That's, uh, you dropped the Gatorade bottles. Some, what sounds the like hell? she had some other stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, now maybe you right, should you just try and drop like them. the millennial killer. <laughs> yeah, that bitch is like obviously her, That's just like her origin story. You know, that actually, oh, God. I asked people for questions for you. So before we get into what Hey You Assholes is actually about, I'm going to ask you some of the weird story, uh, questions that people ask me to ask you. Oh, interesting. I didn't know you had done this. Did you do this without my knowledge? Yes, I did. It was very fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you okay. looked at my Twitter prior and saw that I did it to somebody else. And I was like, you know what? He had too much of a heads up. I'm going to I'm going to like throw this on Kyle last minute. <laughs> I did it. I did it. No, I, I, I like I liked I was just I was just jealous that someone else got the treatment and I didn't. So now I'm, I'm quite glad that this happened. Um, what is your villain origin story? What is my villain origin story? I think I probably have I, I have a, a, a couple, I think. Um, but I, I think I wonder who asked this question and probably I wonder if this person who asked this question knows the answer um, or knows a version of the answer. Um, but I had a I had a girlfriend in college um, and I think I think we were, I think it was it was a relationship that I think was quite serious at the time. But looking back, it was pretty juvenile. Um, and I, I actually remained quite juvenile. Um, until I joined the Navy. Uh, but I, I, I think that uh, she was, you know, upset and disappointed in the way that our relationship had ended because I had gotten bored and was moving on. And she kind of was thinking that we had more, like had much more of a future. And, and I, I was just like not that great of a guy to in relationships back then. And um, so I was, 
so I, I, I think I was like, I don't want to say that this came out of nowhere, but she did kind of like shout at me one time that I would, the only thing that I would end up being is a fat high school English teacher. And I just remember, <laughs> I just remember it being like, so I think that there was, so there is some, there is some of that. I remember when I was, when I was writing, when I writing some of my first short stories and, you know, and, and not to say that I was even close to being I write like I don't think I could get hired as an English teacher but I I think that at the time I was more just like I want to achieve something creative that on my own merits and this was it was a, like you know there was some spite <laughs> I mean it was and it was honestly like 20 years ago so I mean I don't know <laughs> I think that's probably my villain origin story you know what I love is that that also tied into you know how you became a writer so that's really great um yeah <laughs> Do you have any band tattoos? No, I only have I don't know, I don't have any band tattoos. Though that I, I I if I was if I was more inclined to get tattoo I've only just got one tattoo. Um and it's of this like illustration I saw in Ireland of like a coat of arms and I was I took a photo of it and used it as a bookmark for ages and then when I got home from my first deployment I wanted to kind of like commemorate it in some way. And so I got a tattoo on my shoulder of this kind of this image that I had just been carrying around for, you know, a decade or more. Um, but I don't have, but I think if I was a guy who got tattoos, I would probably have a shitty alkaline trio tattoo, you know, or uh, do I don't, you're, you're from Chicago. So, you know, you might know these guys. Do you remember the honor system? They were like mm -hmm. former members of the Broadways. Oh yeah. Yeah, so like I was huge into the uh, the honor system. Um, like I think it was me and five other people in high school, and <laughs> were just like <laughs> the honor system super fans. And um, I, and they had a they had a song called Nails, and they had a shirt that had three nails on it, and it looked really cool. So I think that if I was, um, I think I probably would have if I was maybe more inclined to get tattoos, I probably would have gotten like an honor system tattoo. Um, I was really into the band Chick 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 for a while, uh, and they have like the three. They're from DC. I they're from. They have like three exclamation points. So I thought that would be a cool tattoo at one point, and never got it. Um, these are all just ideas that I could have, but I know I don't have any band tattoos. Just the one. I like that you actually uh, answered part two of that question because it was going to be if you don't, what band tattoo would you get? Um, so mm. right on. And also, if you were to get a literary tattoo what would it be oh. <laughs> i know people just uh, be fucking well, with you kyle <laughs> well i think like <laughs> i think I you should just this... have hey you assholes written somewhere somewhere on my body yeah i mean it's an idea i i, I don't want to say it's uh, a good one but I, <laughs> I think that there's, here's the thing. I don't think I would get a literary tattoo. I, I want to preface my answer that I would not get one. I, I think that they are, I don't think that I've never, I've never seen one that's not very corny. I think I, I saw a guy who like got his ISBN number <laughs> tattooed on him, <laughs> which I was like, that's feels very third Reichy. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's, <laughs> I, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sold on that being like a, a, a cool thing to do. Um, but I don't know. Okay. So a literary tattoo, um, <laughs> man, that is tough. Um, I don't know. I've, I've thought about getting, you know, I think that there were a couple of different stories in the collection that I thought were, um, kind of like, uh, 
you know, like signpost stories for me, like that kind of served as some kind of breakthrough in creative, my creative process. And one of those stories was uh, Fishman. And it was a story that I kind of talked about a lot and uh, worked on a lot and told a lot of people about and showed it to a lot of people in draft form. And so I think that um, I would get, I would, I don't know what I would get. Um, I guess this is, I mean, is it, does it have to be like, my, I guess it could be any kind of literary tattoo, it right? Be like any it wouldn't have to be related to, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so my placeholder answer would be like some kind of fishman tattoos, so maybe some representation from that story. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I this is I, I just can't think of anything. I'm just I maybe I'm just not like a very literary guy, or maybe like um, that's so hilarious. I just read air. You're so heavy in the literary community currently, or at least on my algorithm. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm just. I'm. I'm. I think I just. I just post a lot. I'm just. I have. I just. I'm. My brain is broken by Twitter, much much like everybody else, and mm. I just. Uh, no, I, I, I think I, I stopped going into the office during the pandemic, so I work from home now. And one of my favorite things about going to the office was just like hanging around and coking and joking with people. And you can't really do that when you work from home. My wife just actually, you know, like has like things to do is much more productive individual. And I and I uh, so I found myself with all this kind of like bantery type energy. And then and that's when I really when I, I started posting on Twitter a lot. So you're welcome. <laughs> Okay, um, only a couple more questions, so yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm really enjoying this. Okay, S- and I'm going to tell you, um, all three of them are kind of weird. <laughs> okay, have you great. S- okay, so I have to preface this one. Are you familiar with Thirteen Reasons Why? Yeah, the, the the Netflix show that seems to have advocated for suicide. Yeah. Okay. So, what would your thirteenth reason be? So horrible and dark, oh, isn't okay. this? How, so, uh, could you remind me what like the her the thirteenth reason was? Ooh, it's actually pretty heavily fucked up. So, okay. this is like Gen Z people do it on TikTok all the time. Okay, okay. And like it's um, the silliest shit, like where it's like, oh my god, I didn't get coffee. This is my thirteenth reason why. And it's like, damn, okay. you're fucked up. <laughs> Oh man, I I wish I knew. I wish I was more familiar with the the format of this this uh, this meme. I, I um, what would be my thirteenth reason why? Um, I am. Um, what there's something that is uh that just like is uniquely frustrating to me is my 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 dog is a an Australian Shepherd mix. He's rescue, and he's. Has all these herding and, and working breeds uh, in his DNA, and so it really has given him this ability to, uh, you know, let out these very sharp barks that you could imagine that would carry across fields and alert farmers of, you know, <laughs> possible danger to the flock. And I, I, I so Casper I does imagine this your dog being like danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, but he can't like he can't even he can't turn it off. Like so like but they, it come and it comes out of nowhere. So there will be like times I'll be riding on the couch and Cash will be next to me and there's it's really nice and it's cozy and it's like very, very peaceful and zen. And then he just is like he's like into like full on protector mode and he's 35 pounds. So he's not like actually dangerous or threatening. He's just as, you know, alerting. And it is very very it's very very disruptive so i think that would be my 13th reason why that's good gen z like you, you could say that on tiktok and gen z would be like i feel you okay 
Yeah. It's very first I'm glad. I'm, my, most of my behavior is directed at Gen Z to acceptance at this point. Likewise, I, I didn't even know that I had a Gen Z sense of humor until Gen Z people just started like following me and loving me. And I'm like, all right. So The kids, they love Mallory. a question that could potentially piss them off, which is funny because, you know, she's actually millennial. How do you feel about Taylor Swift? Oh, uh, <laughs> great. I feel good. I feel really great about her. Um, I think she's seems like a just a nice, hardworking young young woman. Um, I think she has lots of energetic energetic fans and uh, interesting musical approaches. I don't really know that much. I, I really have to say I don't really know that much about Taylor Swift. I though my I she does kind of uh, factor into. A part of my biography in this in this an insidious way I, the the last song i heard on the bus before getting off to in, into boot camp at great lakes uh was um the it's like the romeo song do you know what i'm talking about love story yes yeah okay so that was the last song that i heard before getting off the bus in boot camp and i it was stuck in my head for like three months and i i so like I would have that that like, but not the whole song because I didn't know the whole song. The only thing that was stuck in my head was the chorus, and um, man, so I did go kind of crazy to Taylor Swift for a little bit because it was one of the like it was right at my the fingertips of my mind to like like to recall a song when I was thinking you know just in the like the vacuum of my head and during boot camp, which is you know a large majority of boot camp is to your own self. And so I had like a few songs in my head that I would return to. And one of them was, you know, like indie bullshit. I think like the Red House Painter song that I really liked that I like learned to play on guitar. But then there was this other just this chorus of the Taylor Swift song that would just echo in my skull <laughs> for hours on end. So, yeah, I guess Taylor Swift and I have a relationship in, in some sense, certain sense. I think that like. I don't like vibe to her. Like, I don't like she's not in like I wouldn't listen to her at all. But like, I I appreciate that. Like. You know, I think something I, I like that she in, she invites, you know, Bonnie Vare and guys from the National to to do that, to do that stuff. I think that's I, 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 I I'm a big fan of those guys music. And it just is nice that they kind of have the, like a large platform to show, um, you know, like the, the kind of music that that you know resonates with me. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I I wish I had a stronger opinion of Taylor Swift. I think it's probably more interesting if I did. I just I, I don't. You know, that's fine. The Swifties will let you, you know, you live to fight another day. That's good. Thank and God. the last one, and I will reveal who asked this question because I have yes. no idea how else to ask it without mentioning. DT Robbins would like to know <laughs> why you never mentioned the group chat in interviews. Please explain the context of this question and then answer it. Okay, so I, I, I just want to say this is something that's been brought up to me several times is that in the promotion, the promotional stuff for the book, I have not mentioned the group chat that I'm in with Drew Hawkins and DT Robbins. Now, I understand that this is something that's been voiced several times. It has been directed at me. I have not responded to it because DT is also promoting a book. And has also not mentioned the group chat. So I, I think it could, this, this cuts both ways, in my opinion. The group chat is, um, it, it started about a, oh, it's actually, it started about a year ago, maybe over a year ago. 
And it's me, yeah, like I said, it's me and DT and Drew, and it really is us talking mostly about kettlebells, mostly about, like, lifting weights, and, like, occasionally we send, like, pictures of our salads that we're eating and stuff like that. I mean, it's, 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 it's not, it's a, and then, you know, obviously it gets into more personal territory and people say, you know, like, you know, there, there's some serious stuff that goes down in the group chat. Um, but we, sh- we share, it's like, I would say it's, it's the... It's the worst writing workshop ever. I, I that we occasionally share share work or things that we're working on or things that we're reading. It is not the main focus of our conversation. It's uh, much more diffuse and inane. Um, but so so the reason why I haven't mentioned the group chat in promoting the book, um, I guess I don't want to have to explain what it is. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I guess it has nothing to do with the book. I guess. I I think that they I think that there is uh, there is a there is a I think DT and Drew would like to think that they played a much larger role <laughs> in the assembling <laughs> of this book than they did. Hey, listen, I I remember I, I there was a there is a story that is not DTA actually probably does not know this, but I sent I I had a story that I wrote called Boy Babysitter, and I. I I I had just finished a, a draft copy of Birds Aren't Real and I, you know, like I sometimes I don't know if you do this, but after you read something that has such a distinct voice, you kind of are tempted to like write in the style of that voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do that? Yeah. And um so I had just read Birds Aren't Real and I, you know, really liked it. And so I kind of wrote like this kind of um like a inspirate like an inspiration story um called Boy Babysitter and I sent it to I sent it to DT and I go and he was like, this is the least, this is my least favorite story thing that you've ever written. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, I was like, I was super excited about it, was going to put it in the collection. And he was just like, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, it's not going in there then. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so I guess maybe he did. So maybe he did have a bigger role in it than I did, than I think he, than I, than I gave him credit for. But yeah, the group chat is um, lots of, lots of us. Lots of videos exchanged of us like lifting kettlebells. It's mostly that. That is so wow, random as hell. Thank you, DT Robbins, for asking that weirdest <laughs> shit question. It might be the weirdest <laughs> question we got. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, and that's stiff competition too. Yeah, I, I do have to ask. Um, yeah, because I am the editor in chief of Malden House, and you know, obviously, I'm basically promoting Dave's book and everything. I say yeah. you should send that story to us and I will publish it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll send it to you. To I actually hell with I Dave. Looked at Fuck it. him. <laughs> I think it's so funny calling him Dave. We, I, I, I calling him Dave is funny. Um, it's I almost wonder like, if it, like it gets too personal or something. It's like, I can't, I'm not going to call you DT. It's so weird. Yeah. I call him DT. I think we call him DT. Do you, do people call you Mal? Do they shorten your name to Mal a lot? Uh, not really. Most people call me Mallory or I get smart a lot. I'm just like, stop yeah. calling me by my last name. What are you like a smart, football smarty coach? Pants. Like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. There's not I like, there's not like a said smarty pants. I would just jack you in the face. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, and I think in, in with guys at least, so guys like Michael and guys named Brian and David, it's usually an identifying uh, a, you know, kind of tactic. So you're like in a crowd full of, you can say Brian and like 10 guys turn around, but the, the Mallory, like you, it's just, you know, there's just probably just you. 
I actually love that personally, but you know, it's starting to happen more and more when I'm me- I'm meeting some Mallory's out there, and I'm like, bitch, change your name. It's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should start just going by Mallory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, full I stop. Forgot about it, but um, someone was telling me that I really need to start like taking over my uh, Googleability. So like I mm. dominate like the first two pages yeah. of my Google searches. Your search results. There are apparently some other Mallory Smarts in this world. That's wild. I wouldn't have expected bitches. that. You know, it's funny though. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the past uh, guests on this episode did discover though that every other Mallory Smart on Google are creative <laughs> as well. One's an actress, oh, one is an artist. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's part of our name trait, but. Yeah, I need to figure out a way to set myself apart from them, destroy them. I don't know. I feel like I feel like you're on your way. I feel like, you know, like what are do you have you are you what do you have you checked your rankings recently? Do you know how far far down you are in like the the Mallory Smart rankings? Oh, I'm definitely the first, so that's fine. Okay, great. Okay. But occasionally yeah, they just right, kind of there's no problem. pop up and yeah, some people are like, "No, you have to take over the whole page." It's like, yeah, geez, how bitter are you? There's a, um, uh, there's a guy on, there's a, um, a guy who has a channel on YouTube named Kyle Seibel Jr. And he's only like put out, um, he's only has like one video on his channel and it's like, and it's called like, I got fat or something. And it's all about, <laughs> it's like a direct, it's like a direct video address about like how he, how he's recently put on weight. <laughs> it's like, and I just like, I, I will occasionally go in and like, I think I've commented on it like a couple of times, just being like, great job, son, or something. Just like, <laughs> I find it like, I'm just so, so proud of you, son, or something like that. Uh, I don't think he checks it, but um, yeah, not. there's a couple other Kyle's, there's like a Kyle Seibel who's like a wrestler. And some sometimes his uh, his stuff gets mixed up in into mine, but uh, I will say I, I googled uh, you yeah. when I was going for pictures. <laughs> and oh yeah, yeah. there's a, did you find some wrestling? I I found so many randoms, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, this is from the Hey You Assholes video. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's it. You. Is I. You went fucking viral with that, son. I you know it's so strange. I I'm. We 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 did that. We we had talked about doing uh, some kind of promotional video for a while, and you know I'm really talking about this with uh, my buddy Todd, who is a, you know a, a guy I know from work, but is really we really are just creative partners now. And um, we had talked about he actually was the one that came up with the name "Hey You Assholes." He kind of plucked it from a story, landed the free, and he we were thinking about what could be what could be the name of the book, and we were bunch of suggestions thrown around but he was he, he ultimately was the one that that pulled that from a story and suggested it and i think there was never a moment after he suggested it where i considered calling it anything else i i it, it really just felt like the name of the book after that um but yeah i think so he he has been involved in um you know proofing and helping the book and so he was he, he's got just so much more um you know creative producing skills than i do and he edited and shot that and lit it and, uh, you know, it looks kind of it's, it's a simple setup, but it's there's there's something kind of um, some, something kind of nice in its in its in simplicity of it. So, yeah, I th- it came together super well. And, yeah, I'm pre-orders did awesome. And there are a couple other things that happened on that just uh, really helped the kind of get into 
people's faces. So yeah, can't help, can't uh, can't complain about that for sure. I'm gonna say you somehow ended up on Roxanne Gay's algorithm and everything. So mm-hmm. you obviously did something <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Elon's Twitter. Uh, people are giving him like a bunch of shit, but I'm like, I don't know. Since this guy took over, things have been pretty cool for me. So I don't, you know, I'm I'm not sure uh, what everyone's talking about. Um, but like, no, that I'm was that was why I've I never still... seen before. I was like, oh, I follow you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I. I Twitter's so strange, I, and it's such a it's such a weird performance. Um, I try to like see it for what it is. Is like a cool place to like a cool place, a, you know, a, a hip, a hip, cool new, uh, you know, cyber. Welcome to the place. metaverse. I yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what, what a bummer that is. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, I try to follow people that like are uh, whose brain is as broken by Twitter as I am. And, 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 and so I think that that is that is how I kind of try to cultivate a timeline. I should probably do those lists things. You know, do you have you seen these Mm-mm. where you can like categorize like the people you follow into? So if you have like, oh yeah, I've actually been added to some of those lists. Like you get the notifications. Yeah. I I just never. I heard that's a way to that manage is. your timeline better. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah. I see some weird ass lists where like I'm thrown on it for the podcast or me or Malton House, yeah. and I'm just like, all right, I'm on a list. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's so people can see this see the content that they really want to see. You know, it can they can call out the the feeds. Like if you have like like if I have I have like you know guys that I follow that are in the veteran community and and I you know writers obviously and then you know you know people who are like do kettlebell stuff and so like I feel like I could separate it via interest and then better manage it that way. But I don't know. It seems like some work that I probably I don't know. I just gotta I'm ask. Not gonna do that. What is it with you guys and kettlebells? Um, so I can tell you about me and kettlebells. I, I mean, I think I, I was, you know, I've got like some, um, I, I was actually, I was medically discharged. I was medically discharged from the Navy for a knee injury and I've got a, like a, like a, ba- some banged up shoulders and I really love lifting weights and working out. And for whatever reason, uh, like lifting kettlebells, uh, at like, I was able to, I'm able to do kettlebell workouts at an intensity that I want. And, and I, that I can't do with barbells or, or other kind of modes of exercise. So I, I really, I really come to him as like, as, as a, as a, so I can, so I can, you know, improve my flexibility and strength and, you know, and I, I think that that was how I came to it. And then I started getting really into it after the pandemic because there was, the gyms weren't open and uh, I was, you know, I was just trying to kind of like get in shape and, and stay fit and, then it ended up being, you know, like now I have like 20 of these things and uh, yeah, it's like a big thing. It's like, it's like a, it's, it does feel like a practice in the same way that yoga feels like a practice to people. Like, I feel like it's, it's like something that I, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I could talk about it a lot. I could talk about it a lot for some reason, <laughs> but it's, I, I, mean, I it's imagine it'd be interesting routine, to like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a discipline, you know, in the same way that, that writing is too. Like I, I, I find them to be comparable activities, like the, yeah, so I, I think it's yeah, you know, I'm a big fan. I do. People, have to and ask. people message me about it too. You know, like people like people go like, oh, I message hey, like, Dave about it sometimes. Where I'm just like, should I try this? Like, is it good? Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. I think it's cool that people know me as like a kettlebell guy that, and then they can um, they can chat to me about it if they want and ask me questions about it because I, I don't know, I like talking about it, so I'm all about it. Okay, so. I work out every day. Um, my apartment building, we actually have a gym. It's actually nice. very oh, luckily right next to 
my actual uh, room, apartment, whatever you want to call it, unit. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No excuses. Uh, you know what? We deal with a lot of annoying people making a shit ton of noise. But when I work out, okay, so I always, I'm on the treadmill, bike, you know, normal shit, very heavy cardio. I always have my AirPods in. So if anyone ever says sure. shit, I'm just like, I don't know. And I always watch horror movies for some reason <laughs> while I'm working no, yeah. out. So the other day I went in and there is a guy doing the kettlebells and one, he was the skinniest guy I've ever seen, but he was intense as fuck about it. <laughs> listening to Metallica, like hardcore, like he blasted that shit. He didn't like put in AirPods or anything. He just had it on yeah. his phone and I was just like, chill, dude. <laughs> so yeah. do you um, listen to anything? Yeah. Yeah, I do listen to I do I I do listen to music. I I go through phases um, with uh, tunes for workout tunes. Like I'll occasionally like just put on whatever album I'm I'm really into recently. Um, you know, especially if it's something that's a little more high octane. I was really into Pool Kids. Have you heard this band Pool Kids? No, I haven't. They're kind of like a they're they're like an emo revival band a little bit, but it, I don't know. I I thought it, but they're they're kind of complicated, a little bit mathy. They have some interesting arrangements and stuff like that. So it's not straight up like emo pop punk stuff, but it's interesting. So, anyways, I would listen to that. Um, and then uh, the, the band Liars has this uh, song has this thirty minute long song, and the really like my working set for a kettlebell uh, routine will be thirty minutes. Uh, and so it's I've been recently I've just been like putting on this one long liar song and uh, and just li like listening to that a bunch because um, it's kind of like a no brainer type thing. And it just has a groove and you can kind of lose yourself in it. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 or it's, again, I will some, I've tried to listen to like audiobooks while I'm lifting. It just doesn't I, I always I, I end up not paying attention. You know, that's actually really hard, audiobooks. I've actually tried to do podcasts, too, and it's like, you know, you're ruining my vibe. That's why I watch horror movies, usually yeah. shit that I've, like, seen before, because, one, it gets my heart rate yeah. high that way, and also, you know, it's just I'm more sorry. fun. I'm keeping this yeah, part. Just, <laughs> what the fuck just uh, happened? The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's my, that was my phone falling off my lap and hitting the floor. <laughs> yeah, that's staying in the podcast. Uh, cool. Yeah, nothing real smooth operator over here. Um, I I also find it when doing cardio, you can watching something that you've seen before. It's somehow better, it easily more easily distracts you, especially if it's you know so you're, you're doing some kind of like mindless exercise or not mindless, but just kind of you know like a single modality. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 a big fan of anything and everything that will help you forget that you're working out. <laughs> So we've discussed kettlebells. We've discussed your music and everything that you dig. Obviously, I have a lot more questions about your music and shit. But first, yeah, what is Hey You Assholes about? Obviously, it's a short story collection, and you've kind of yeah. done the cool trailer and everything. But tell me its personality. If it was a person, who was it? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that's a good question. I... I find that uh, in in editing the book and going through it a couple of times prior to you know sending it off to the printer, I, I found myself like finding themes that I didn't really in, intend, um, and I and I think that there are one that I didn't totally notice while 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 writing it was um, this theme of adolescence and like the transitioning 
from adolescence to like whatever's next. And I think that that can happen at a lot of ages. I, I the, you know, there's a lot of first person narrators in the book, but I think that I imagine them as, as, as vastly different characters. And I, I think they sound different from one another too. But I think that there's, if there's something connecting like a, a lot of them, it's they're um, exiting some kind, there's some kind of totem of adolescence that they are processing. And um, whatever's on the other side of the story um, is going to be like a form of adulthood, I think, for a lot of the characters. Um, and so I think that that's a framing that I that I didn't really realize I was I was kind of applying to the stories, but it's, it's something that I realized afterwards. Are you one of those people that like does it like very um, like you put like a really like heavy story in the beginning and then like at the end you put like another huge heavy story and like just, you know, start with the bang end with the bang. Yeah, I think, you know, so I was actually, I, I was really lost when it came to ordering the collection. And this is when I have to give a lot of uh, shout outs uh, to people who helped me with this, because I was, I was really, um, really conf- conf- conflicted about how to order it. Uh, I ended up um, hiring uh, Kirsten Renault. Do you know Kirsten? Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she, 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 I hired her as a, as a, as an editor on the project. Maybe and, we should say who she um, is for the people who don't know who she is. Kirsten Renault is, uh, is a genius who lives in New Orleans and she is a writer and poet and essayist and memoirist. She has many, um, works to be purchased out, um, she is like a delight of an individual and uh, a gift of a human. So uh, that who is who is that's who Kirsten is to me, um, and she was instrumental in, in in helping me trying to figure out what what story goes where um, amidst a bunch of other uh, helpful editing uh, uh, actions. So I I think that. Um, you know, we talked about, I think that there's, we talked about the the ordering a lot, but this was, I think what she put forward initially didn't really, it wasn't, didn't really stray too far from that. Um, the opening story was always the opening story. I, I, I think that always felt really solid to me. And then what's interesting is that I think that Master Guns, which is the the last story in the collection, it's one of, it's, it's also the longest story in, in the collection, but it's also one of the first stories that I really, that I, that I published uh, and really the, one of the first stories that I really completed. Um, so th- it, it's, it's interesting that, 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 that Kirsten kind of saw something in it that, that felt, you know, that, had, that, that felt kind of, that it wrapped up some kind of the, some of the sentiments in the book. Yeah. Definitely like closure and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I will ask you, you know, you did send me a really cool playlist but I was yeah. curious about what the soundtrack to the book would be. And it's especially because um, when I read Bud, Bud Smith's book, Teenager, and I, I don't know if like, yeah. I published it before, I am in love with that book. But I actually made yeah. my own playlist to his book. Oh, cool. And then when I was talking to him about it, like, I did not get the assignment at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I got the mood so totally would, wrong. <laughs> That's interesting. I, you know, uh, I, I, first of all, I am the, I'm, I'm a big fan of Double Bird. That's, it's, it's on my, it's on my uh, list of books to go through. I've read it before, but I, like, I want to read it again, like as um, more instructively, because I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of things that I can, I can learn from, from that book that I, I want to go back and kind of highlight. But, um, and I love Teenager. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. It was actually the first Bud Smith that I had read. And then I went back and, 
um, and, and read a lot of his stuff. And he and I, uh, you know, he's the sweetest man in the world and is the kindest soul. And uh, I has we, we we have a correspondence. Uh, he sent me his his latest um, his latest story that I think is going to be in. I don't know if I should say, but it's anyways. He sent me he sent me a draft of something that he was working on. And it's I like the, it's, how everyone it's talks fun- about Bud with Mystique. Go on. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know if it's like it's like I would like if someone like said like I don't know. I just don't want it's his, his news to share. I guess if it, you know, and I don't want to jinx anything. But I I read the story and it's just like this. It's the funniest story. I just I like I like. There's a big there's a there's a part there's a part in the story where I literally it's it's literally structured like a joke and I laughed like big belly laughs like after reading it and i think and i sent him like a a response and i was like i thought this was really really funny and i and i just don't think he i don't think he intended it to be as as funny as i thought like he has like a whole bit about like going on about brackets at work and i just thought it was a very comical i thought it was a very comical little riff in the middle of a story and i and i just don't i don't know maybe i so all i'm saying is that i think i can i misread him (laughs) i misread the work of bud smith as well it's a club that i can join oh yeah seriously like because i had like such a really great playlist i was telling him about it then he was just like no and I was like, oh, fuck, okay, I got it wrong. So what's your, <laughs> what would the soundtrack of your book be? Like, because I, I have guesses in my head, but I'm just like, I'm not sharing them with you. Mm-mm. I'm not being wrong again. Interesting. I I think that there are some, there are some sound, um, I don't know. I think that, like, ah, that's hard to say. I, I this Because this, there's, there's things that I think of, do you know, do you know that, um, do you know the 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 project called the Disintegration Loops by William Bazinski? No, not familiar. Okay, so this is this is I would consider this like a like a it I don't want to I want I don't want to because it's a, it's a work of great meaning for I, I think it was it has a lot to do with so William Bazinski found these tape loops and he's a like a isn't he's a composer and he found these tape loops and started playing them. And he realized that if he played them together in concert with one another and he but they, they, they were so old, he was able to um, they had this like really ancient sound to them. And then he realized as he started playing the tape loops that the magnetic uh, material was flaking off. And so every time it was played, it would um, it would sound different and it would have some kind of um, and it would like eat itself a little bit. So every revolution through it and he realized this and started recording it and um and, and so it became this, it, it feels like this slow kind of decay. You hear these these melodies dissolve over the course of an hour. And I um, find it really difficult to listen to music while writing. But I was, I really, I listened to the disintegration loops like over and over again while writing um, passages, like many, many passages of this book. And so, so it's hard for me to think of like a, like a, another kind of sound that these stories would go to. I, I, I think that there's, um, I think there's, if I was going to make a playlist for like the vibe though, I think that that's more of the question you're asking. I, I, I think I would, you know, I think Bruce Springsteen would be on it. I think, um, I, you know, I, I think like one. early, uh, I think early Midwest emo would be on it. Like, like early, like the four minute mile album from the get up kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that there's, do you know the band RJD2? I think that there's there's some uh, some of that there. 
I don't know. I, gosh, I feel I'm really flubbing this answer. I feel like I, no, I really haven't thought about this. No, that's the point of this. I, I like to fuck with you. Yeah, no, I feel fucked with. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I I also really love I love the song um, uh, "Let Down" by Radiohead. I think that that is that's a song that I like. I would I would um, it, has, it carries a lot of the feeling of some of the 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 stories. I think so. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm interested in what what you what what your soundtrack would be. I gotta say, I didn't see Radiohead coming. Good for you. Mm. I actually did not write down my soundtrack. So, I mean... Oh, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had some Paramore in there, I, I know. Sure. I mean, because I don't know. Some I'm of them a big emo guy. Vibe. I was going to say I definitely had some pretty good emo bands in there. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, 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 I love... I think, you know, I was... When I was in high school, I was, it, you know, into punk rock, like skate punk... Um, that kind of stuff, and I, it it just be I I, kind of like the, there was there was in in my high school anyways in St Louis, there was people went to there was like basement shows and there was there was like a scene in St Louis and that is really how I found out about you know like you know um, Braid another Chicago so we had lots of like you know those Chicago emo bands uh, Braid um, you know on the honor system. Um, like a lot of that stuff was 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 really popular in my high school. Like the cool, like the cool, or at least as I imagine them, like the cool kids, like listen to that kind of stuff. Um, so I was I was really indoctrinated into into like Midwest emo when I when I really as it's um, at its inception. Yeah, I, I as I said, I got a lot of emo in there. I definitely kind of felt like um, definitely some experimental rock, post punk, you know, shit like that. Yeah. So I yeah, for sure. sure. Do, do you know the um, the first song on the playlist I sent you, the Black Country New Road band, like that that band that the attitude that that band has about like pastiche and like blending, like like taking a lot of um, like angles and putting them together and forcing melody from dissonance. I feel like that's that's like a I, I really that that approach that, that that creative approach really resonated with me. I think that's one of the reasons why I love that band so much is because I I I. I like I like the way that they build songs as like parts and movements and um, things that you wouldn't normally think of going together, uh, and kind of be, and like also steeped in this like in this internet uh, lexicon too. It has it's self referential and it may be a little corny, but like aware of itself too. So I I really think that that band is is um, yeah I I find a lot of like similarities. That's kind of maybe 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 that's I I just think I I just find that that band is like very inspiring. I really enjoyed your playlist because you have one of the few playlists that um, is no overlap with anyone else. So, mm. yeah, mm. some people good. give me a lot of like, oh, OK, I feel like you're all going with the same vibe. And you, you put out some pretty standout bands and I was just like, awesome. I did have one person give me Nancy Sinatra, but I, I yeah, like that's a great one. Yeah, that that was definitely interesting, and also very standout in this influence is playlist. So why'd you throw that in there? Yeah, that one that one is that that song is you know it's the Lee Hazelwood. Uh, sorry, Lee Lee Greenwood. What is it? Is it is it Hazelwood. Lee Hazelwood? Right? Yeah, Hazelwood. Lee Greenwood does like the proud to be American. <laughs> that's oh, that's a different God, song. Oh God, the post nine eleven song. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra. I I, I like the that the song is opposites. I like the the song is tension because you have the Lee Hazelwood part that's like dark and and really um, like moody and foreboding, and then you have Nancy's uh, like a contribution, which is almost you know it's it's such it's such an opposition to that, and yet it's all part of the same song and it goes back and forth. It doesn't feel different but it, the song flows from these moods um i just really appreciate things that can do that can hold two things at the same time and you really find that in music and i i think it's another it's another kind of part of my part of my approach which is i think pastiche taking like like building um new things from a bunch of old stuff so would you say with your playlist are you kind of like a sit and brood and like just kind of listen to music like this and just kind of like mellow out do you jam to it do you jump around like what do you do yeah i'm a, i do jam to i do jam to it um i i, I will you said you i will play kind guitar of, so I, do you ever like play long i i used to play guitar i don't i i haven't played guitar in a really really long time but i i i used because i used to like be in bands in high school and college and stuff so that was kind of um but I, I was not very good, and I it is not it's not like a very it's not a very uh, interesting part of my bi- biography. But I I I, I love jamming part. out. <laughs> it's just kind of embarrassing, I think. It's more I mean, like especially it's, if you I give us that, a band name here. I mean that that would just be fun. Oh, are you kidding? So my band name, gosh, we were such dorks. So my band name in college was called uh, "Come On, Natalie." His name is Snake, and it was <laughs> a it's a line from. Um, uh, a television show. Oh my gosh! What? It's the three girls that are in like the house. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's a girl named Natalie, and then it was. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on it. Anyways, it was a random line from a TV show, and we thought it was so clever and funny, <laughs> and uh, we played kind of like aggressive, like emo stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know what I was. What was I talking about? I'm sorry, I got lost. I feel like we both got lost there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I no, guess I just, okay. Yeah. The question was, do I come out? Yeah, like I, I, I listen to music a lot when we're cooking, when we're like making dinner and stuff, and in the evening, um, I, I, you know, I listen, I, I, I listen a lot. I listen to music on bike rides a lot. Like I'll, I'm, I, I like to ride my bike, and like that's, I'll, I'll listen to, like one of my, one of the things that I, that I did in. in editing the collection i would go and and read a particular story or passage that i was trying to kind of work through and then i would try to clear my head by you know, just doing something else entirely and a lot of that was uh just hopping on my bike and riding around for an hour listening to music and not trying not to think about the thing i was trying to think about and then that that that, that actually went ended up being like a pretty good um tactic that broke helped me kind of shake off like the cobwebs a little bit so yeah i actually really enjoy learning that about like how music played into your creative process. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, you, you get so many different like people like really get so hardcore to get pumped and then they're like, and now I'm going to yeah. go on a writing spree. And then you have people who have like the very interesting, like ambient sounds or very like repetitive mm-hmm. music and they're writing to it. But yeah, I haven't had someone give me that answer yet. I like that. It's a good way to kind of just to like to reset reset what you're like you're thinking about and especially for me the way i listen to music is i like you know i like to i like jamming out to it and 
and and so it kind of does take my it does take my focus away to, you know it does draw my focus away from from writing it can be helpful and useful at times so okay let's define jam out for you yeah jam out for me means i am like doing like a i am singing along in a way that is probably annoying for other people who are nearby. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I think it's like... <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> so I have been going through a, a, Smith's, a Smith's phase. I will, I will go through a yearly Smith's phase. And that time uh, of year. I have... Yeah, it is, it is that time of year. But though in Santa Barbara, it's actually like pretty nice right now. But I, I think that... But it, it, is the, it is the kind of the, the time of year for it. And I... Um, and I will sing along to Smith songs, and it's got to be annoying to Allie. Like it, it can't not be annoying. But I want to. I for some reason it's very important for me to let her know that I know all the words. <laughs> <laughs> so I know all the, the words best. to you know hand in glove, isn't? And I feel like just that cementing her confidence that she made the right decision and linking with me for the rest of her days. That is like probably the best. Like this is how. I earned her love. Yeah. 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 There, there is a, there is a husband who never shuts up. Okay. So are you like just someone who like funny. goes like lit into music at home? Like, are you a private guy or like, are you ever like very hyped on music in public? Um, Hmm. No, I'm. I think I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I think it's more. More. In, more in the house that I'd. I'd be. You'd catch me rocking out. Maybe in the car. Uh, I think. Yeah. That's. I, in. In public, I'm like. A, I'm a headphones guy. I. I think. And. And. You know. Much more subdued. But yeah. And in, in the house, and especially like, um, when I was when we were like so I. For the wedding, I. I listened to all those like our playlist over and over again because I'm not a really good dancer. Uh, but I, but I do know like if like, but I can kind of like rock out in rhythm if I know, if I'm like singing along, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was important for me to know a lot of the words to the, our wedding song. So I could kind of play like I was, knew how to dance and I was just taking a break to sing a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was kind of, so I ended up in the garage. So I work out in the garage and I would, um, I would practice, that's, this, this is okay. I've never told anybody this, not a single soul, but I would practice dancing in the garage during between sets. Like I would practice how I would be singing in a particular song. So there was a time during the summer, uh, several times where I would, you would catch me singing nine to five by Dolly Parton and kind of maybe <laughs> shaking my hips a little bit along to, <laughs> along to the beat. So yeah, that's, yeah, I'm okay with, I'm, I'm okay with admitting that, but not in public. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, how you said that you like to like, you know, kind of jam a little bit while driving you always have that awkward moment, or at least maybe I do, when you like suddenly like come to like the stoplight and maybe your windows are yeah. open or anything. What's your yeah. embarrassing song I, where you're just like turn it lower, close the windows? Oh yeah, I I have um I think the one song that I really do I, I find that this is a wedding song, but I think this is maybe it's a newer wedding song. Do you know the song "Dancing on My Own" by Robin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think if because that song I will just like belt in the car and that is I think that it, there's yeah I think I might I might I might I might take it down a couple notches <laughs> at stop sign. 
Like, I remember once in, like, high school, I was, like, driving. This is how you know that, like, it is so cheesy. I was driving to the mall to hang yeah. out with friends, and I hit the stoplight, and, like, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry was on oh, so yeah. loud. And, like, I was, like, jamming. I was in my own world, and then I just, like, looked over, and there were guys, like, with a phone filming me, and I was like, <laughs> fuck my life. <laughs> Humiliating moments. I have a I, lot of humiliating music moments, so. I think that they were probably just enjoying the moment with you. They were laughing along in the spirit of your enthusiasm, I think. Hopefully, as I'm shouting, I kissed a girl. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 yeah, I think, well, I think it's really sex positive of them. Yeah, good for them. I hope they really <laughs> shared that with each other. Uh, I mean, I would have to say the most embarrassing song, though, like I've really like danced it out with with friends like mm-hmm. in public because i'm telling you like i would just, like hang back for like a couple hours in high school because my mom actually worked at my high school if that's not embarrassing oh, enough <laughs> but like my, my friends and i were determined to learn all the moves to soldier boy do you remember that song i do yeah oh how problematic <laughs> we once were <laughs> uh, no i i i did you do the dance? Isn't there, uh, isn't there like some kind of like kind of like a soldier boy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can imagine how horrible that is. Yeah. No, there is. Um, so there is. Um, do you know the song? Do you know? Are you familiar with the music stylings of Three Six Mafia? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was. There was. We we were burning that CD and passing it around, but there was like. The, the rule was you could only listen to the Slab on My Knob song one time uh, per day. You had to explore the other, rest of the record because, like, or you, you weren't allowed to have a burnt. You can have a burnt copy. We'll burn you a copy. But you have to listen to the whole record, not just the song. I remember that being, like, a, a funny rule that, like, we were, like, very, <laughs> for some reason, very militant about. I've got to miss those times. I can't wait until Gen Z gets older and then they realize whatever the fuck, like, horrible, embarrassing song that they rocked out to. Yeah. Like, I'm dying to know which one it is. It was some garbage. You know, it's, like, fun, like, with, like, Gen X and, like, Baby Boomers where you're, like, wow, you literally danced to, like, Kung Fu Fighting or Africa. Like, you got (laughs) into it. Like, it's funny as shit. So I can't wait to hear what theirs is. The, 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 the... The baby boomer one that I love is the um, uh, don't they know it's Christmas? Uh, the Holy celebrity shit. Like, live aid. Isn't it so funny? <laughs> the live aid song. It's it's ama- It's amazing. Um, like my they, nieces they go, actually like, came up with their own dance routine, and they like jam to that when they're putting on like the ornaments to the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah. No, I. I mean, it's catchy. It's a catchy tune. Oh, they I think love it's, to do like, it. Just like, like the, it's so fucked up. It really is. Yeah, the idea that like they wouldn't know it's Christmas in Africa because it doesn't snow, or that there's somehow like the idea of snow is foreign to Africans. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, it's or like, forcing our religion on them and all that. But just like I love when you watch the video of it and like yeah. you seriously all see all these own. celebrities and it's like. Dear God, they're getting into it hardcore. Yeah, 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 really, really leaning into it. Like, I really like Paul Simon, and then, like, there's, like, a zoom in on him, and I'm just like, <laughs> he'll never seem the same. Oh, dang. No, there's, yeah, I like Prince was there, too. Yeah, there's, there's, there's just, like, 40 people. I think, like, Michael Jackson, too. Like, everybody was there. I was like, yeah. oh, this is, like, 
I feel like they're all going to live to regret this. Like, I'm sure that, like, how Carrie Fisher was always like, let's never discuss the Star Wars Christmas special. I'm sure all those yeah. celebrities are like, that didn't happen. That we didn't sing yeah. the song. Yeah, yeah, never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and yet every every Christmas. Every Christmas. Yeah. It, it's just fucking hilarious. So. Okay. Do you want to read any part of Hey You Assholes? And by the way, I have to ask because of the exclamation point. Do you actually ever yeah. like pronounce it like with a fun, like enthusiastic exclamation? Or do you just always be like, like Hey You Assholes? I think that the 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 exclamation point is a design flourish for the cover. I it's not like it's not part of like it won't be. I mean, I don't know. I maybe it should be. I think that um, because I think it'd be um, hilarious I, so, for people to introduce it like that. Like, 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 exclaim it. Yeah, like really like, get like, like hyped. Yeah. Be like, hey, <laughs> here's Kyle to read. Hey, you assholes. Hey, you assholes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that yeah, there's some opportunity to really to to lean into the exclamation point. Yeah, I should I shouldn't be afraid of exclamation points. I would say lean into it. <laughs> but yeah, do you want to read? I can anything? read. Um, I will read. Um, I will read. Uh, a, like a one. I've I've got a piece that's called a cloud place, and um, I'll I'll read that. Um, it's a it's a single sentence, um, and uh, and it's it was uh, a piece that was originally published in uh, Pigeonholes, which is a cool online journal. Um, and I submitted this as uh, creative nonfiction, which um, it is. And um, so I think that this is this is actually kind of this is a story that. I, I a lot of my stories part of my process will be um will be reading them to Allie and that's that's how kind of she's not a really big reader but she will she it really helps me to like say the stories to someone if that makes sense mm-hmm. and uh but this was one that I actually did not uh tell her or read to her because it is she, she because it is kind of like about something that happened uh to her and I so um all right I'll just read this so this is called the cloud place the first time you flew in a plane was when your parents took you to Disney and it was so foggy when you touched down in Orlando, you thought the entire city was suspended in air, that Disney was in the clouds, because you'd been to other places but by car, so you understood those places as car places. But Disney, Dad said, we'd have to take a plane, and that meant it was a plane place, a cloud place. And every day of the five days you were there, you couldn't believe how big it was. This cartoon come to life in the sky, this miracle made just for you. But as big as it was, there was an edge out there somewhere, a line that if crossed, you'd simply fall off. And in the same amusement park 30 or so years later, you'll wait for your girlfriend to finish the half marathon she's running dressed like the Little Mermaid, the event for which you had purchased an overpriced Prince Eric costume online. And when she gets through the shoot, you had previously planned to make a clearing in the crowd and get down on one knee. But back in January, she kicked you out of the house. And even though she took you back after a couple weeks, it really still feels like the shoe could drop. So you return the ring and throw away the costume and instead of proposing you hug her sweaty body and tell her you're proud of her and buy her champagne and say that you're sorry and we'll be so so careful you don't fall off the edge again so that is that's a that's a shorter piece from the collection called a cloud place my favorite part about it is that you could tell that like you're like really getting close to running out of breath <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> it's, it's a big sentence. I know. It's just like, can he do it? Can he do it? Oh yeah, he got it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I have to. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start doing more reading. So I've got to. I've got to. Got to do this. I've got to figure out how to how to breathe and talk at the same time. Yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? As yeah. human beings, how do we do it? Um. <laughs> All right. Nice. What is the wildest, craziest, weirdest fuck thing you want people to know about you? The wildest. <laughs> like just go the crazy. The wildest. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I the only I. I think I want people to the wildest oh man. Can we? Oh gosh, that, that's a okay. That is that is a hard question. The wildest. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't think. I, I don't think there's something super wild and crazy about me. Um, I'm really messy. Okay, that's that's maybe like I'm like I'm like I'm actually like a slob. Like I am not a neat or tidy person whatsoever. Like. I, my, it, my wife is the only reason why I maintain any kind of like <laughs> tidiness whatsoever. It's not much, but no, I, like left to my own devices, I am like a huge, gigantic, gross lob. God, you know, you look so put together online. That really does show. No, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm a real mess. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a finely curated image. That's no, it's not true. God, that's a, just going to be the title of this. Kyle's a hot mess. <laughs> yeah big gigantic slob okay and then do you have any future projects planned yeah so i'm actually in the i'm in i'm like 60 or 70 pages deep into uh like a story that i i thought was going to be a short story and and in pursuit of uh in pursuit of it i i, I kind of encountered like a much bigger narrative and so I, I'm, I'm calling it a novel. It doesn't really look like a novel at this point. Um, I, 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 there's some there's some pieces in the collection that are that are that are that are kind of um, you know they're spaced out like single sentence lines, single sentence paragraphs, and I've kind of like taken some of that. Um, you know, I, I mean, Sam Pink does it, you know, in Catch Up exclusively, mm-hmm. and it's just like such an interesting way to go about building a story like that. And I think that one of the things that I, so it's a sci-fi story and it's about a guy who is uh, the caretaker of this fuel, fuel stop, this interstellar fuel stop. Um, And he's on a five-year rotation and he's a year into it. And he starts seeing this guy that he knows from training, even though that he's the only person on this, supposedly the only person on this planet. And so, um, but I, one of the, the reasons why I'm kind of drawn to it is that, um, you know, it's, it's like he's keeping a log, you know, and so all these thoughts are registering as a single kind of moment in time. And then, and that he's, it's, it's like how you would read like a log, like a readout of his brain, kind of these one thought following the other. Um, so, and, and, and it's voiced in a way that I think is, that tries to kind of capture like a working class idiom. So it's this version of humanity where, you know, in, in space that there are these huge, um, you know, terraforming projects. And then also along the way, as a necessity, there's these effectively gas stations in outer space that need to be manned and managed um, by people who end up becoming gas station workers and in space. And so that's kind of the premise of the novel. Um, and I just feel uncomfortable calling it a novel because it's just it's it's like it doesn't look like one. But anyways, I was I that, that's what I'm sending out to agents uh, the first couple chapters of that. So. I think that's, that's exciting as fuck. And fuck what you call it, you know? It, it sounds awesome. Yeah. I was like, I was trying to describe it to someone. And I was like, um, it's like a sci-fi epic poem. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's a hybrid kind of experimental. Oh, piece. yeah. People love hybrid shit. 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this definitely sounds like it's like, yeah, very different. You're, you're exploring new horizons. I love it. Yeah. And it's, well, there's a, there's an interesting music tie in here too. I, I, I was, it's called, I'm calling it the working title right now is an empty bliss beyond this world. And it's uh, taken from uh, an, this project by the a, a, a music curator called the caretaker who put it together, this, um, all these old samples and, and put it under these, under this, under the name of an empty bliss beyond this world. And it's, it's a fascinating project. It's too much, too much to get into right here, but I, I, it's been that that's, it's so interesting that you asked about the soundtrack to Hey You Assholes because, um, the soundtrack to this, my next project is just so clearly this album and it's this, these, um, these old record loops. So I, I, it's, it's really informing a lot of the, um, like the pace and structure in kind of like a cool way. So yeah, I'm really enjoying this part of the exploration process. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nascent in, in, it, in its conception, but I, I, I'm really excited about where it could go. It's very exciting. All right. Well, thank you very much for being dorky and everything with me. I know it was very odd and <laughs> put you on the hot spot a lot. I love, I, I loved it. I, 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 no, I had a blast. Thanks for having me. It was seriously so much fun. That was Kyle. Keep up to date with him and all of his writing and book progress on his Twitter at Kyle I'm vibing that we are all looking forward to checking out Hey You Assholes the instant it comes out. As always, everything will be spelled in the show notes, especially his last name because I know I'm fucking that up. If you want to get to know us more, find Textual Healing on Twitter at PodHealing and take a look at our website, textualpodcast.com. If you would like to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Check out past episodes and keep a lookout for the new ones to come every Saturday. This is Mallory Smart. Thanks for listening to the show.